The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, August 14th, 2023, Season 19, Episode number 17. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from Oxnard, California. We're back in Oxnard, California after taking a uh, weekend to go back to Dallas. Cowboys play their first preseason game. Uh, and now we are back in Oxnard to finish off the week before we head to Seattle. Uh, and then maybe get back home at some point. I don't know what day it is. It, but, I mean, at this point, we're just kind of making it work, right? Yeah, we're just rolling with the punches at this point. Yeah. But back out here in California where it's not as hot as it was, <laughs> you know, we, we got a nice reminder, Nick, uh, once, once we stepped off the plane oh at DFW of uh, like, what Texas heat feels like. the oven. It was just like, <laughs> you know, we had kind of been talking a little bit, too, about just, you know, it's a little warm out here, you know, warmer than usual, but then that all ended as soon as we got off the <laughs> Yeah, so it's nice. It is. It's very back, actually. Is it? Back here on the set with you guys. Oh, just be back on the show. Yeah. yeah. For you those know, that don't, that have basically missed the last month, uh, Nick is no longer on the break, but he is on the break today because Amber is uh, is not back with us right now. She's back in uh, Frisco, and Brian's not with us right now. He's back in Dallas, and uh, and so we, we we needed some reinforcements. We brought Reunited Nick back on and, and join us for the for the week. So you'll be on today and Wednesday, and then uh, once we get might back do, to might be doing a little talking Cowboys too. Yeah, we're we're just putting you wherever we can put you right now. And All more right. than anything else, it's an opportunity for you to promote your new show, mm. uh, your solo show. Why don't you tell people about that? How's that going? It's going it's going pretty well. Cowboys storyline. Uh, it's just. Me and and then until we get a guest, I mean, I've been getting some some guests, and we're fingers crossed on getting one today uh, for today's show. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun getting a chance to talk with some fans. Uh, when we get back to the star, we'll be doing a lot more of that. They'll be getting some uh, callers. Uh, I'll be trying to interact with a lot of fans. But right now, it's been a lot of tweets, been on that text line, and then also getting an opportunity to get some. We've had some good guests in here. Uh, and then you know, of course, Maverick from Top Gun showed up. Uh, sort of air quotes on Maverick. <laughs> Uh, the Tom Cruise lookalike kind of he came into my Deuce Vaughn interview and so it was like it was cool we, we chatted with him for a little bit but it was like alright go dude because this guy's a real deal like <laughs> you're the fake guy this is a real deal which is going- segueing you into the game yeah let's talk about that game Cowboys uh, they lose but that's not really the most important thing uh, tell us what is the most important thing uh, as far as the way you guys look at it coming out of that game what do you think was uh, I guess the, the biggest takeaway or best takeaway for the Cowboys for me health first and foremost um, the Cowboys didn't have any major injuries knock on wood uh, Nishan Wright he was on the flight with a precautionary boot on his ankle uh, it's being described as a mild ankle strain mild high ankle strain uh, Mike McCarthy just said that he it doesn't look like Nishan will play on Saturday against the Seahawks, but we'll see how that goes. It doesn't sound like there's major concern there. Malik Jefferson left the contest um, against the Jaguars with a foot sprain. Sounds like Malik has a better opportunity to play. But those two guys, uh, and Junior Fajoko had a shoulder injury that held him out of the game, but he has a, a chance to maybe play. But no major injury. So other than that, 
I'm good on health. Now it's just going to play. DeMarvion Overshone, he stepped up and showed me um, what he can be in this Cowboys defense. And then Deuce Vaughn showed you what he can be in this Cowboys offense. Yeah, true. I mean, I think that you're right. When you're asking McCarthy about Jefferson and, and, and who, who has a chance to play, Jeff, Jefferson and Nation Wright, that's who you're asking about coming out for a game. That's, that's a good thing because it, and neither one of them really looked that serious. So, um, you know, the fact that Jacksonville played their starters and the Cowboys didn't, it's hard. It's going to be tough to gauge that, anyways. I thought the defense did well. Take the fumble away from from Turpin, which he did. But I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, you know, you take that away. I don't think they're really driving and doing a lot of stuff on that defense. So I thought I thought the defense did a good job. And I said it to you in the press box. If this is your backups, look at the guys that they got trotting out there. It just shows good depth. Especially yeah. to that point when you see a guy like Wanye Thomas, who's been building, you know, good days in camp, come out there second play from scrimmage and he intercepts not Bia third and, and not Rourke. He intercepts Trevor. Lawrence trying to get uh, one of his top receivers down the left sideline. I mean, that's promising. Such a good play, you had to kind of have an outburst. You yeah. know what I mean? It was <laughs> worth it. It, was worth it. it happened. <laughs> Leave our guy alone. All right, let's, uh, here's what I want to do. Here's how I want to review this game. I have a full list of players, uh, and I'm going to throw out a name, and then I want you guys to just riff. What did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? Um, and, and let's talk about it from that standpoint. You've already mentioned who I thought was probably the player of this game, Deuce Vaughn. He had eight carries for 50 yards, a 6.3 average, a touchdown, and a couple of highlights that I've seen all over the place. I mean, you know, just he was the kind of – that was a game for him where I think coming out of the game, as similar to what happened with Kevontae Turpin last year when he had the return for a touchdown, <laughs> I think nationally people start saying, oh, Wow, that's a new toy for the Cowboys. What were your thoughts on Deuce Vaughn? Well, I, he, he's going up to make catches in the middle of the field. He's running the in-between tackles and all that stuff. These are the things he's doing as a running back. And when I got a chance to talk to Will McClay uh, last week, he said we drafted a running back. We didn't yeah. just draft this gadget player. We drafted a running back. And I think he showed that right there. And I, I think, you know, I was talking to some people. They have a decision to make on Deuce. What do they want to do with him? Do they want to say, all right, this week, starter. And I say that because it's really it's still the backups and all that. So you start the game and you get a chance to get some good run. Or do you just say, listen, <laughs> let's let's peel this thing back and, and let's not let other teams know what we're going to do with him. But he needs to work. It's a tough – it's always a tough dilemma. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm, – I'm right there on the line. I feel like it's nearly time to bubble wrap him like how we felt for Kevontae Turpin after those two kick returns last year. Um, but I feel like, again, like you said, Nick, he does need to work. So I would get him to work in preseason game number two against the Seahawks. And then no matter what happens in that game, I'm sitting him for, yep. game, for okay. game three against the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. But uh, deuce – everywhere he did everything he was a receiver out of the backfield he was in single back sets as a running back but more impressive to me uh, which I should say what should impress people more so than anything is something that I've kind of been angling toward people focusing on people want to find out who's going to be the short yardage guy when Tony Pollard is not on the field right, right. so yes you have bigger bodies and Ronald Jones Malik Davis Rico Dowdle who I have as the front runner for RB2 at the moment uh, but Deuce Vaughn showed you what he can do in the A gap, in the B gap. He can get in there, disappear, and then he reappears at the second level, and then it's him in space versus a linebacker? And, and you saw what happened there. He starts collecting ankles like they're bottle caps. Better so, yet having them destroy each other. Each other. <laughs> now you see me. Now you don't. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn, just a fantastic first showing for the Cowboys. 
The, yeah. the the screen game too. What I loved is it's how back. he kind of sneaks out of there, and, and 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 the guy made a great play down by the goal line because he was cutting back. I thought he was going to score so on that. One. It was so close, but that is going to be a problem just sneaking out. It reminds me a little bit of I remember very back in the day with the Eagles with Brian Westbrook. Is that you can blitz if you want, and you want to say, oh, we're going to attack this little guy and see if he can pick. That's fine, but if he sneaks out, yeah, and he jumps it over. Now you got problems, and yeah. so it's it's going to be it's going to be a problem there. Yeah, there are a number of ways to handle the blitz. Picking up the blitz is one. Is one. Another is get that guy out, and whoever's blitzing sure. now is that guy left in a situation where either that other person is out there one on one, or nobody accounts for him, and those can be uh, some interesting things. But you know, one of the interesting things about Deuce Vaughn is this was not a surprise for me, and I think for a lot of people who watch Big Twelve football, right. this was not a surprise. You were actually looking forward to seeing it because you were like, rest of the league. Doesn't seem to understand what this guy is. Yes, he's 5'5", five, five, but he is a problem. DeMarvion, he keeps hammering that home, trying to tell yeah. people, like, as as a former Longhorn, DeMarvion Overshone, one of the main people who've said time and again, wait until you see what he does at the NFL level. And he's a so he's a, he's a problem. For other teams. Problem. For other teams. <laughs> I, I would like to see, um, particularly in game two, I want to see if they ask him to do more pass pro, yeah. especially in those single back sets. I want to see if they ask him to do more of that so that we could get a better evaluation of what his potential is there. But other than that, I mean, he stole the show. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, my guy. My Longhorn, you mentioned him, mm. DeMarvian Overshone. Uh, another guy that I think showed up and, and played some some good football. Tell me what your thoughts on him, are, on, are on him after that game. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll start. Other I mean, than hook him. Yeah, I mean, he he <laughs> he looks like he could be a safety, could and I, it might be that 35 number, uh. but he hits like a linebacker. He hits like a, like even bigger than that. I mean, I, I think – I think Dan Quinn has got a perfect toy here on defense. I mean, you talk about dudes for the offense. Overshone can be that guy on defense. He's just got a great vision for him. I, I, I thought he was flying around. It was fun to watch. He's going to be – He's gonna, and he's so smart. That's the thing with Deuce. These two guys, you bring in guys that are play at big-time big football, they're versatile, and they're very smart. They're capable of picking things up, and that's why I think they're going to be able to contribute early. Overshone is uh, continuing to show that he's a ball magnet. He was a ball magnet, ball magnet I'm sorry, in, uh, with Texas, and he's showing that he's going to be a ball magnet with the Cowboys. Uh, he was flying around around i asked him after the game i said hey you know uh, positionally you're listed as a linebacker you're a convert from safety do you actually have a position and his answer was ah my job is to go out there and fly around and that's exactly what he was doing against the jaguars and his flexibility his versatility is going to be key and like nick said it's it's a new toy for dan quinn and it's one that's going to be uh, File that under the Where's Waldo category. If you're an opposing offensive coordinator, you're going to have to locate Michael Parsons because of the versatility. You're going to have to locate guys like DeMarvion Overshone. He's on the field. Is he dropping back in coverage? Is he coming forward? Is he playing sideline to sideline? He can do it all. And, and I love what Nick said. Uh, the fact is this kid punches above his weight class. So there were some concerns from some Cowboys fans saying, well, what about his weight coming out of Texas? He hits above his weight class. He, Another guy who stole the show along with you Deuce know, Vaughn. You know who he sort of reminds me of? And not, not in, you know, in the head space. I'm talking about just not personality-wise. I'm talking about player. He's got some Rolando McClain to him mm. in the fact I'm glad that you he, qualified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, Rolando, <laughs> a little different. This, way a little different. Bit, yeah, I was saying, not, not even a little bit different. Well, Rolando McClain did not hit the way his body looked like he would hit. You know what I mean? He just didn't. And that's why you got to be a little, a little crazy to do that, you know? 
Well, you, over, overshown. Why do I want to say Overstreet? Overshown has got some of that. And you you mentioned that, but the the, the play that I think one of the plays mm-hmm. at least that that we saw from Overshown uh, on that third and short, where yeah. he basically the running back's running full speed, and he basically grabs him and just kind of just just there's the collision, and Overshown doesn't move at all. No, he no. gives no ground. Nope. That's what leads to the fourth down. That's like Rolando McClain. We used to always talk about it. When Rolando McClain would hit someone, they go down. Yeah, there was no hit. extra yard. They didn't fall forward. Where they were was where they were going down. And I think that's yeah. an interesting, the interesting comparison I find. You didn't need binoculars in the press box to say who hit him. Like yeah. you just knew, okay, the way that it just it ended right there. There was no rack or going on there, you know. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, run after yeah. you know contact or yeah. whatever you want to call it there. Yeah. Rack. All right, well, let's he's talking on. about ball magnets and rack. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> get Amber off the show and it just goes crazy, right? right. Um, all right, it goes so crazy on the show. Crazy, too, she she has her moment. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, we're gonna take our first break when we come back. Uh, I have a couple other guys, several other guys that we're gonna talk to. We need to talk about the quarterback, Will Greer. Mm. He spent a lot of time on the field. We'll talk about how well he performed when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back to the break. The Emmy Award-winning docuseries Deep Blue, presented by Pepsi, is back. Check out this season's four episodes on Cowboys Now, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit DallasCowboys.com slash Deep Blue. Welcome back. Second segment of the break. Life Moxnard, California. Speaking well, of sleeping. Deep Blue, we had uh, the first Deep Blue to run out last uh, Thursday. Uh, Hall of Fa- Howley fame. Uh, the story of Chuck Howley. And this week we've got a new one that I'm actually Dude. really excited about as well called Close to the Vest. Mm. If you've never heard the story of what happened in 1986, 
only game in the history of the NFL that, to my knowledge, where a coach was actually asked to leave the field because there was a threat on his life during a game. Uh, so interesting, intriguing story, to say the least. It's really been good. Um, our, our security guy, uh, um, Mr. Wansley, is involved in this uh, documentary and kind of told us the story and told us his story. So it's a part of that as well. But um, really, really cool story. So make yeah. sure you check that out this Thursday. Uh, I think it'll be 7 p.m. Yep. Central Time is when we'll be streaming it on all across all our platforms. You'll be able to check it out there. It'll also be on demand for all, across our, our platforms uh, for you guys to watch as well. All right. Yep. Let us, uh, let's get back into this, uh, the, the recap of the game. Let's talk about the quarterback, Will Greer. Uh, he was 22 of 31, 71% completion rate. Very, that's a very good p- completion rate. Uh, 199 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I got the sense watching the game and throughout the game that it, when I saw the numbers after the game, I thought the numbers were better than what I watched. Yeah. Did you guys get the same yeah. And yeah, and there's one reason for that, Semi Fajoko. How many times did he ha- did he snap the ball and just throw it straight to Fajoko? Give him credit for that. That's fine. That's recognizing corners who want to play 10 yards off. That's fine. I'm going to throw it to Fajoko. We're going to get five or six, seven yards, whatever, nine sometimes. That's going to help your completion percentage. Yep. You're right. I think I think his numbers look better. There were some times it was okay. It was good and bad. He got a lot of reps, and yep. he's more, you know, mobile obviously than Cooper Rush so but I thought he played okay but yeah I, I agree the numbers look better than the, the eye test didn't wasn't there 100 percent uh, when you go back and look at the film on Will Greer from that game it was solid but it could have been better and, and he come up here and admit the same thing that interception on first and 10 uh in the fourth quarter that can't happen he wants that that play back the throw to Sean McEwen out to the left flat mm-hmm. he wants that throw back the throw to Jalen Brooks out to the right flat he wants that throw back but then Semi Fajoko so give him credit for making the completions but two consecutive to semi Fajoko and I think it was on that drive he had three consecutive to Dennis Houston right. who made some plays so those are that's five so those are five completions give him credit for that but as far as statistics versus gameplay it makes the statistics look a little bit better than maybe the gameplay was so really solid game from Will Greer but he does need to Stop trying to make the big play where the big play's not there, and I think he'll have a better showing uh, against the Seahawks if he takes that to heart. All right, let's move on to Damone Clark, the other linebacker in this game. What were your thoughts on him? I, I can't – I don't have enough praise for what I'm seeing for Damone Clark. <laughs> um, I've been asked time and again this offseason – what defensive guy do I think makes the, the huge leap in year two? And you could go to Sam Williams, and he played well as well. But Damone Clark is just primed to do so, especially now that he's taking on that starter role alongside Leighton Vanderish. Damone Clark had a, a strong game, to say the least. His name it was being called all over the place yeah. in the first quarter, first half of the game before we started kind of migrating to, hey, DeMarvion Overshone is taking over this game as well. Yeah. So Damone Clark, DeMarvion Overshone, those two linebackers are showing the Cowboys' uh, depth problem at linebacker might not be one at all so yeah yeah he's got so much range you know I it looked he looked thinner to me he looked or leaner maybe is the right word he he, he just and I'm not saying he was you know overweight or anything last year but bulky but if you're gonna if you're gonna be out with an injury for a while especially a neck injury you're gonna be out for a while you come back you're not gonna be in the same shape you are now he's been he's been really like he just he just looks more like a safety like and I know I said that about Overshawn but that, that's what they look speed. like but he's got that speed he's strong as an ox and I love his mentality his mentality is just no nonsense ready to ball out he's yeah. he's done that since the day he got here I mean this defense has wild cards to me like 
you know who the stars are. But if these four or five guys, and I think Bland is one, I think I think Overshown is one, Demo Clark, I think Fowler and Sam Witt, these guys also give you stuff. With you know what you're going to get over. Man, this could be really nasty. When you yeah. see a guy who's as uh, who has the frame of Damone Clark, who's as chiseled as Damone Clark, nearly run down a running back from the backside, who's going to the left of the play, and Damone is coming in from the right side of the play. That's really all you need to see to understand what Damone Clark might be in 2023. Yeah, it's it was interesting after that game as I was thinking about it. Between those two, the one thing I think that that we all saw was the speed, yeah. their ability to get sideline to sideline to make plays. And, again, Overshone, that's who he was in college. He was a guy that was always around the ball. Every play almost you'd see yeah. Overshone was around the ball, whether it was downfield, whether it was up near the line of scrimmage. He was just a guy that has a knack for the ball and was around the ball. But you see those two guys running, and I think it makes it even more imperative that a guy like Mozzie Smith get in here and get his feet under him right. because if those guys up front can keep bodies off these linebackers, these linebackers can definitely run, and they can create some problems uh, for opposing Big teams. Hank. Yep, exactly. Jenkins, yep. That's exactly right. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Brandon Aubrey, which I thought mm. was an interesting day for him. Uh, he had he, he made the one field goal he had was 29 yards. He was two of three on extra points. He did miss one of his extra points. He had five touchbacks, which, again, when you're yeah. kicking off, that's a good thing. What were your thoughts on, on Aubrey? His, the power in his leg is there. It's evident. I mean, he's absolutely just kicking sticks of dynamite on, on kickoff. So, you know, <laughs> and when you talk about who is going to be the kicker for the Dallas Cowboys in 2023, like you said, you got to factor in the kickoff as well because if you talk about a guy like Robbie Gould, now the question is will he be able to do kickoffs and things like that. So he's got that in the bag, uh, Arby does, as far as kickoffs are concerned. Kicking, he had – he was having a good game until he missed the extra point. And then comes the PTSD for all involved because we're like, oh, my God, Brett Maher, we, we've been through this before. Now, Aubrey was asked about it after the game, uh, and he said that the operation was clean, and it did look clean on film, but he admitted that he, quote, unquote, rushed it, um, and he didn't have to do that. So hopefully he settles in for game two. Uh, but all in all, it's a passing grade. You just hate that an extra point kind of put a black eye on it. Because it was a bad miss. I mean, yeah, it wasn't no, it's just, just like, oh, did he miss? No, he. No, it wasn't he, laces <laughs> in, Dan. Like, it was no, I think, I, don't think he, I don't think he connected with the net there. You know, yeah, I think no. some souvenir what happened at the stadium. I mean, that's just, that's bad as I mean, it's a bad miss. But um, you got to remember, I mean, this is a huge chance that they're taking on him mm-hmm. because he did not even play college football. He didn't kick, you know, at the big house in Michigan or anything. He didn't do that. He's kicked at the USFL, mm-hmm. which I don't think is setting attendance records either. So, I mean, I know some some teams are. Some teams over there, decent crowds. But this is this is still new to him. Yeah. So, I think it's, you know, he's competing with every kicker that's not doesn't have a job right now. Absolutely fact. Did you guys Absolute come fact. out of that game sold that he uh, or more sold more confident that he could be the kicker less confident or about the same less confident for me less confident i i gotta I'm my my that. needle hasn't moved in one direction or the other because it started to nudge forward just a little bit and then he missed the extra point and it dropped right back down mm-hmm. so i'm i'm still where i was before the game but and we're looking at game two now the, i think the standard has gotten really low though because we're you know like the touchdown tolbert like great and then it's like he made the extra. We were all like, yeah. we were watching extra points. I mean, how about a fifty-one yard field goal? You know, in Seattle with with you know against the wind, or maybe in a little bit of rain. Hopefully not rain, but you know, um, but something like that in some elements. Let's see, let's see something like that because right now, extra points and twenty-five yard field goals. 
I, I think that's that shouldn't that shouldn't be the standard. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't. I, I'm just a little shaky on him still, but yeah. he seems like it'd be great for the practice squad. But that doesn't help you on kickoffs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I do think we talked about this last week. Like, it's it's going to change, in my opinion. It's going to change how they play offense. Last year, I think they would get within a 50, 52 yard, yeah. and they would think. Okay, yeah, we got a, We got the, the field goal. We're in field goal range. I don't think that's the way you play it this year. I think you're going to be thinking, hey, we really are never necessarily just we're settling for a field goal. It's always, you know, foot on the gas, let's go, and let's yeah. see if we can get in the end zone because you just don't know. I think it's, a, it's I don't. I wouldn't call it a crapshoot. I think he's better than that, but I do think there's always that question mark until he earns that credibility where you know, He's money. We put him out there on 45-yard. He's going to make it. We put him out there on 50-yard. He's going to make it. Until you get to that point, it's going to have to change the offense. See, I would, I would take a Crosby or a, a Robbie Gold. I would take a guy that's older that I think is going to make him in the 40s, 45, because I've got Micah Parsons. And I say that because I don't have to kick a 55-yarder every time. If I'm at the 35 and it's fourth and six or whatever, I, I'm, I'm okay with anger, punting it to the eight, first and ten, and then let them play the way they want to play when you know they might you get you a turnover and right. get you more yards. You might yeah. get a turnover yeah. or you're probably going to be punting it back to Turpin here at midfield in about three minutes. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm I, I go shorter field goals. I'm fine. I don't need to be kicking a lot of main field goals because I got a defense I, I trust. But, Derek, uh, we talked about this on the show a few episodes ago, and, you know, one of my biggest things is kick the crutch from under the offense. Kick the crutch away. Mm-hmm. And the crutch being if you know you got a guy who can boom a 60-yard field goal, then at the beginning of that drive you, you have that in your back pocket. If you take that out of your back pocket, it's likely going to change the entirety of how you call that drive. Now you're going to be more aggressive. Now you're trying to get across the 50. You're trying to stretch the field. So I'm all for that. If you have a kicker that can be efficient, up to 45, 50 yards, but not longer than that, totally fine. So bring yeah. me a Mason Crosby. Until yeah. you get to an end of a game where you need that 51-yarder sure. to Inevitable. win it or to go to overtime. Inevitable. Yeah, that's that's when it matters, right? right. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. i got some names like Jalen Tolbert, Marquise Bell, Cavante Turpin that we have to talk about as well. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. SeatGeek has your back no matter what kind of fan you are. So whether you're a diehard fan or a don't really care fan, a we got them next time fan or we'll never win again fan, a here for the tailgate fan or a first one through the gates fan, SeatGeek not only makes buying and selling tickets easier than ever before, they made just about everything else easier too. 
So whether you're a Here Every Week fan or haven't been here in years fan, SeatGeek has you covered. Download the SeatGeek app today. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to the break. Come watch the Dallas Cowboys practice at the Star in Frisco during training camp presented by American Airlines. Free open practices will take place at the Ford Center starting with Cowboys Night on August 22nd and run through the 24th. For more information, visit DallasCowboys.com slash training camp. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. We're live from Oxnard, California. It is our, uh, our we only have two shows here this week. We got one today. We got one Wednesday. Uh, and then we'll be heading to, like I said, Seattle on Friday. Cowboys will take on Seattle Seahawks this Sunday, Saturday, uh, and then we'll be back in Dallas probably like about, I don't know, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning on Sunday <laughs> and ready to do it all again <laughs> next Monday. Welcome to the season, guys. Oh, yeah. This is we're what here. we're doing. All right, let's jump back in. We got more names I want to throw to you guys coming off the Cowboys' first preseason game. Uh, talk to me about Jalen Tolbert. What were your thoughts? Two catches for 29 yards on a touchdown. I thought bad uh, call from the offensive pass interference. I love the fact that he went and got the football. That's the one I like, the one that didn't even count. He went and got the ball. Uh, go back. I mean, that's most crews aren't going to call that, I think. I thought that was really ticky-tack. Uh, that's the play I like the most because I think it showed the aggressive style. He's an alert. He can catch and tipped passes. Smooth. He looks, you know, we've been saying it all year. Stop stop talking. You're saying all the right things, but nothing matters until you go play. And he did a good job. Kind of kind of the, the opposite of, uh, to a degree, what we're talking about with Will Greer. The stats look good yeah, but yeah. the film I'm with you when it comes to Jalen Tolbert the stats from last game yeah. aren't good but if you watch the game he was good yeah. um and of course if you can factor in if you would have been able to factor in the, the catch from, that turned into OPI which it was not OPI because it, the guy was already beat and then there was the jersey pull after so but that's a long story um go on Twitter and you'll see my rant on that but that catch showed you everything you needed yeah. to know about where Jalen Tolbert is in his development. The fact that the, the release was fantastic. He had the guy beat on the release. The speed was there on the go route. And then to turn around, elevate, locate the ball, come down with it, and get both feet in bounds, that sideline awareness, that's what the Cowboys drafted Jalen Tolbert to be, and it shows. And then I also like that on the touchdown play, you got to love the kid's first touchdown in the Cowboys uniform. But if you go back and look at their route, first of all, fantastic play call by Mike McCarthy. Yep. Um, but when you look at that route, it was so crisp and clean and so deceptive from Jalen Tolbert to pretend that he's sitting and sell it so well that the linebacker sat with him. But then it was, ha-ha, gotcha, I'm, I'm gone. Middle of the field, t- catch, touchdown, there you go. So I love what I saw from Jalen Tolbert. He's another guy who's been out here doing it in camp. Like Nick said, we hear you, we see you. Where's it at when it's time for the bright lights to come on? Bright lights came on, at least semi-bright lights came on last Saturday, and he showed up. Yeah, he's been a name that I think most of you guys who have been watching these practices and reporting on these practices have been noticing. He looks like a, a, an improved player yes, over sir. where he was last year. He's talked about that. Like you said, Nick, now he's trying to show it, uh, what he's yep. been talking about. Let's talk about Kevontae Turpin. He yeah. had one catch, 15 yards, turn fumble. Is he 
Is there any chance that he is not your punt returner when the season gets here? I know there have been people who have started to talk about Deuce Vaughn, like, hey, man, you know, you got Deuce Vaughn. Maybe he should be the guy that's back there. I have a hard time believing that Kevontae Turpin, just from his skill level, is not the guy. But do you think there's even a chance that that no. could happen? Uh, there's always a chance. I, I I think he's still a dangerous threat with the ball in his hands now. He's gonna have to get away from people because I mean he can't. He will fumble. I mean, I mean he has, and he's had some other plays too last year too. If you remember, you know the ball hit him in the face mask. I mean he the ball ball control was was an issue at times. Um, I thought from what it sounds like he didn't he didn't have a great game at all. I mean. Uh, in uh, Saturday because he had some also some some uh, mental errors lining up wrong receiver wise so the grades Tolbert and Houston graded out well didn't sound like Turpin did yeah. um, so that that was kind of an, an issue there because we were trying to see what he did at receiver and so he, you know he's like oh we know he's a good returner well then he fumbles there he drops at receiver and also had some mental errors so he needs to he'll he'll need to step it up here in Seattle but hey I'll be on the sidelines for the Seattle game. I was on the sidelines for the Charger game, and I saw two touchdowns in a row. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling I'm going to get You're a front row seat. Uh, maybe we'll, okay. we'll find out. We'll see. We'll find out. Yeah. Hope That's why I hope it doesn't rain. If it um, rains, I won't be on the sidelines. Yes, you will. <laughs> oh, no, yes, no, you will. No, uh, oh, yes, you will. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Um, I, Seattle. Who picked this? <laughs> I, I mean, I think there's a chance, but I, ch- I think that chance is exceptionally slim right now. Um, that there be any other returner for the Cowboys in 2023 whose name is not Cavante Turpin. And um, you're, you're going to see, unfortunately, a mistake here or there. You saw it last year in the season, and uh, hopefully this is him getting it out of the way. I'm talking about the fumble um, on his first return against Jacksonville. Um, but I, I'm left to wonder, when you look at Cavante Turpin in that game, I wonder if he was uh, using too much of his mental bandwidth on trying to prove what he can be offensively, and it kind of stole some of that bandwidth as far as just the muscle memory and what he needs to do when making plays as the returner. Um, but he showed some bad things, the fumble being one, the, the drop, the key drop being another, but then he showed me some some good things. On the fumble for, to, on Rico Dowdle, Cavante Turpin, yes, that didn't go how the Cowboys wanted it to go, but there's this little tough guy all the way downfield still blocking at the two and the one-yard line. That effort was there. He made a, uh, an impactful catch for a first down in the second half. So mentally, he bounced back from it. Overall, I agree with Nick. I don't think that he graded out well for this game, but I did see some resiliency in the second half that I'm hoping translates over offensively um, to the game against the Seahawks. But as a returner, uh, again, hopefully he just that's getting it out the way so we don't see it in the regular season. This player I have probably been more excited about seeing in this preseason game than any other player just based on what I've seen out here in practice and what I didn't know about him until we got out here at practice. John Stevens, he had five catches, 56 yards, a touchdown. 21 was his longest catch. What are your thoughts on, on John Stevens and his ability to maybe make this team? I think you got a tight end whisperer going on with Lunda Wells. Oh, he, he, he knows, knows how to find him. He knows how to find Absolutely. him. I mean, he, 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 he'll he tell you last year. I mean, he told everybody, Peyton Hittershot, watch this guy. He's got something. He's been saying about John Stevens since the minute they, they signed him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just tall, lanky guys, but also not afraid to mix it up as blockers. It's one thing to just get a tall guy and call him a tight end. But you got to be able to get in the trenches, and I think John Stevens did that. Then he also did the other things that he's been doing out of camp. 
Correct. And on top of that, uh, this is one of those situations where the stats do actually mirror what happened in the game. Uh, targeted seven times, brought it down five times, 56 yards, and a touchdown later in the game. That implies that that player had a good game. Go back and look at the film, and that player did, in fact, have a good game in John Stevens. And you also saw some of the things translate from uh, camp practices as far as John Stevens lining up on the outside as well. And when he lined up on the outside in one particular play, the Jalen Tober touchdown, the safety and the defensive back, the cornerback on that side of the field, they both had to respect his ability and his size, and that helped clear out the middle for Jalen Tobert. So, John Stevens, uh, Lunda Wells, Mike McCarthy, Will McClay, you've done it again, and it is going to make for a very interesting conversation as far as 53-man cutdowns go if John Stevens continues this trajectory. Talk to me about the first-round pick, Mozzie Smith. What would you see? I, honestly, it, not, a, not a ton. I mean, uh, it, that's maybe because I forgot my binoculars, but I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> Those, a big boy, you didn't need binoculars. Well, no, but I, I don't. I don't know. Did he make a ton of plays? I mean, I didn't. I didn't really see him. So, from from what I saw, uh, the reason that his name wasn't called often as far as um, making plays was went back and looked at the film yesterday, and there were several occasions where the Jaguars threw double, and on one occasion, a triple team at him before the third guy peeled off for another assignment. So the immediate respect looks like it's being paid to Mozzie Smith and his strength and what he can do. And then when they didn't double team him, he absolutely humiliated someone's father, brother, uncle by just shedding him, just throwing him to the ground, and then getting there for what, yeah, what could have been a <laughs> TFL, but probably was a stop at the line of scrimmage. Um, on a run to the left side. So it looked as if when Mozzie isn't getting that, isn't being forced to eat up double teams, which is one reason that he's here. And if it's one-on-one, he won more often than not. But then the double team, guess what? His teammates were able to win. Chauncey Golston was able to win. Osa was able to win. So from an overall grade, he did exactly what he was supposed to do, even when he wasn't able to do much. Yeah. And one of the things that looked apparent to me was, even on plays where he wasn't the guy that made the tackle, in the run game, mm-hmm. when the Cowboys made good stops in the run game, typically what I saw, if Mozzie was on the field, Mozzie was in a spot, he did not move, and because he did not move, running backs had to adapt, Correct. and when they adapted, it created less room for them, and that forced that, that allowed the Cowboys' defense to get in and make the tackle. So there's going to be a lot of times when you will see a game where you're like, did Mozzie Smith play? But all you have to do is go look at the film, and watch what happens on these running downs, and you will see his impact. I right. think it's, it's it's apparent awful. when you watch that. It just may not always be apparent in the statue. Well, and, and that's why you have these. If you're going to clog the middle, you got to have linebackers that can chase sideline exactly. sideline, which is what we've been talking about. Yep. Uh, real quick, I do want to talk about one other guy, uh, Eric Scott. He's a guy that got a lot of love out here uh, at practices uh, throughout training camp. Cornerback, draft pick. What did you guys see from him? Did you see anything in this game or, or see anything after the game in, in watching film that may have given you an idea on him? <laughs> Six-round pick from Southern Miss, you know, and, and the, the lights were on, and, and it, it wasn't his best. It wasn't his best performance. I mean, like, I think he had been doing some really good things out here. You want to see him carry over. It wasn't terrible, but, I mean, they just want him to kind of compete a little bit more. He was not the best sixth-round pick on the uh, of the night for, mm-hmm. the, for the Cowboys. I, I think Deuce did. But are they discouraged? No, no. This guy's got he, – he, He's. I love his demeanor. His confidence is good. He, he'll, he'll be fine. I, I really do. I think he'll, he'll be fine. I just don't think it was his best game. Yeah, he, he has the demeanor. He's definitely got that dog mentality. Yeah. Um, he has the skill set, albeit it does need refinement. You know, duh, sixth-round pick. He's a rookie. Um 
but looking at the film, he got caught with his eyes in the backfield a little one too many times for my liking. And that allowed free releases on out of the backfield that allowed his uh, his receiver assignment sometimes to get out in space when otherwise he may not have. So I think that that's the key for Eric Scott going forward, especially going into game two against the Seattle Seahawks, is that he needs to just understand his assignments, his keys and not try to overplay or not try to do too much. I think that could go to the fact that it came from a smaller school. The big lights went yeah. on. He was at AT&T Stadium, the pomp and circumstance of it all. <laughs> and maybe he felt like he needed to prove when really he just needs to play football and, and be Eric Scott. And he'll get more reps because I don't. it doesn't sound like Nation Wright, Wright will play yeah. this week. Yeah. That means Bland will play some. You don't want to play him a ton in, anyways. Mm-hmm. And you've got Kelvin Joseph out there. And I would think Eric Scott will come in uh, after that. So, I mean, Eric, Eric Scott has a chance to play a lot in this next game. Yep. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We will be back on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to wrap this camp up on Wednesday. I'm going to have lots of questions for these guys about uh, their big-picture big thoughts on this team after finishing a whole training camp and then heading back to Frisco for about another week of, of training camp before we get ready for the season. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Patrick Walker, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!